going on guys welcome to career retrospective of off the top media in one of our most anticipated episodes that us here at off the top media river city radio have been looking forward to unfortunately tonight nate is out sick i am your host shadow joining me tonight metal mike and sean b what is going on guys what is up i'm excited for this one super excited for this one Debuting a new first look for tonight's episode, you know, had to do it for my boy Chester. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster episode. Now, we all know how the show kicks off. Nate goes over the outline with everybody. I don't want to do it tonight. I've graciously asked Mike to be the speaker of this. So, Mike, when you're ready, take it away. Alrighty, so just to give you all a trigger warning here, there will be discussions of drug use, sexual assault, and suicide in this podcast. If you are sensitive to these topics, please leave now. So to get started with information here on Chester Bennington. Chester was born in Phoenix, Arizona on March 20th, 1976. Bennington was, was to born to a mother who was a nurse and a father who was an investigator of child sex abuse crimes. Citing Depeche Mode and Stone Temple Pilots as inspiration, he always longed to be a musician and dreamed of becoming a member of Stone Temple Pilots. More on than later, more on that later. From age seven to roughly thirteen, Bennington was repeatedly sexually assaulted by an older male friend, keeping it a secret from the entire time. He eventually informed his father years later, but chose not to press charges. His parents were divorced when he was 11, and th this impact of that, along with the continued sexual abuse, led Bennington into a deep depression at an early age. In high school, Bennington began abusing alcohol, LSD, cocaine, meth, opioids, and other street drugs. At age 17, his mother discovered his drug use and confined him to the house at all times unless at school. Shortly after high school, he began to pursue a music career, forming, ba forming bands called Sean Dowdell and His Friends and Grey Days. He then met a group, a group that went by the name Zero and later by the name Hybrid Theory in the year 2000. They again, they again changed their name to Linkin Park and released their first album titled Hybrid Theory after the band's previous moniker. Lincoln Park consisted of Bennington, Chester Bennington at lead vocals, Mike Shinoda, 
who is a producer and co-lead vocals, Brad Delson, who was the guitarist, Dave Farrell, who was on bass, Joe Hahn, who was the DJ, and Rob Borden, who was on drums. From the year 2000 to 2017, they released seven studio albums and sold over 100 million while producing several chart-topping hits. Lincoln Park is the only artist with two songs on Spotify, Timeless, Timeless, two songs on Spotify's Timeless list with Numb and In the End cracking the top 10. From 2013 to 2015, Bennington achieved his dreams of joining Stone Temple Pilots, serving as their lead singer in this time period. Despite Lincoln Park's overwhelming success, Bennington's depression was such a roller coaster that it still plagued him throughout the years. In May of 2017, Chester Bennington's best friend and lead singer of Soundgarden and Audio Slave died by suicide. Barely two months later, Bennington would also commit suicide at the age of 41, leaving behind a wife, six children, and millions of fans around the world. Gentlemen, that is some some of much information on Chester Bennington. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot to digest when you when you really go into the thick of things. Um, you know, a career in music spanning give or take twenty two years wasn't very long in the retrospect of things in the music industry that's it's more than most the longevity is a huge thing and lincoln park and chester and mike mike and chester them two kept rejuvenating lincoln park with the times you know and it's a tribute to them and then when chris died it really started to mess with chester and like i'm not quite sure if heavy was written before or after he passed so heavy was actually written i think they were in the process of writing that record and finishing finalizing that record because that record i believe came out in may of 2017 they only did um you're like right. a couple right european tours and before chester died they were getting they actually had a tour put together ready to do during the summertime going into the fall with blink 182 right, right. and machine gun kelly and really whiffed on that part. Yeah, and we actually we actually didn't get that tour. They actually canceled that whole tour. There was talks, like it was short term talks of Blink One Eighty Two and Machine Gun Kelly just going out with each other, but those talks kind of died off really quick, just due to the fact that they felt like it would have been a little bit of, you know, not a disre like a disrespect, but. Also, Lincoln Park was supposed to be on that tour. It was a co-headliner with Blink-182. They would. It's hard to move forward when that was the billeted first ticket, right? Yeah. So for that, for them to even think of even bringing somebody else on as a third band would have been like a disservice, you know? Right. I don't know if either of you remember. I'm. I remember the tribute show they did for Chester. I believe it was in California. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was at the Hollywood Bowl. Yep. It was a three-and-a-half-hour show. Dude, I, remember, I, I remember that show like it was yesterday. Y'all know me. I'm a Bray Wyatt fan. But before Bray Wyatt hurt, you know, my inside feelings about it, 
Chester was the first person to really hurt me when he died because other than family because for me in my childhood when I played hockey getting through things of my own that I need to get through Lincoln Park was always there and Chester's voice was so calming yeah I actually uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a personal thing um, some of you guys may not have known this, but I was a drummer for 20 years. I, I played the drums for 20 years uh, because of my back issues. I had to retire from doing so. Um, the band that I played in from early 2004 until 2009, I also did back vocals. Chester was actually one of my idols. Like I didn't try to base my vocals off of him, but I did study his you know how he how he progressed with his vocals like how he did his vocals i studied it because i felt like some of our songs that we wrote and songs that we did i felt like you know not not try and mimic him but kind of have that feeling of like with a back vocal tone try and try often impersonated never replicated yes yes thank you thank you couldn't have said it any better than better myself. Yeah. But he was a he was a huge idol of mine. Scouts, that's awesome that your daughter plays drums. That's awesome. Keep at it. I, I'll say this. If I had to give any advice to any drummers, and I'm sorry to get off topic here for a second. If I had to give any advice to any drummers, keep at it. You know, it's a fr- it is a frustrating instrument because you have to have so much like concentration and you're moving you know, four body parts at once, you know, whether you're running a double kick pedal, whether you're running a single kick pedal, you're still using your left foot. If you're a lefty, you're using right foot. You're using your other foot for your kick drum. You're using both hands, you know. Friend of the show and the network, Burning Bridges, the drummer Mm -hmm. is is one of my best friends. And I've seen what he does, and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I'm just watching his coordination, and I can't even focus on titties, let alone. (laughs) I will will say this, that I tried to venture into guitar uh, when when we hit the pandemic, because December 2019 is when I said, this is, you know, this is it. I can't, I can't, can't drum no more. Um, And then in January of 2020, um, actually, no, January 2021, I gave it a year and gave it some thought, like... What instrument can I get involved in? I want to play an instrument. I tried guitar, and I'll say this: my hats off to to guitarists everywhere, because I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't as much as I tried. I couldn't do it. Sean, any so, thoughts? Um, yeah, like when I was in high school and middle school and stuff, I actually uh, never recorded anything, but I, I wrote music just to pass the time. And, like, I kind of, like, based my songs off of, like, a mixture of rock and rap, like, a mixture because I like how it blends well. Like, I'm going to say right here my favorite album, uh, one of my favorite, I should say one of my favorite albums from Lincoln Park is them uh, collabing with Jay-Z because um, <clears throat> you have Lincoln Park and Jay-Z and they just... Like, I don't like Jay-Z now, obviously. I don't like him, whatever. But 
back then, Jay-Z and, and Linkin Park just meshed so well together with their songs. And, like, it's just the replayability of that album is just fucking fantastic. And No, I mean, it's still test. I think it's it's numb Yeah, they did together. It still stands the test of time. Numb encore. And encore, too. Like, you can't... I, as much as I hear more, like, rock and rap collabs together, you just don't get that same chemistry that Linkin Park and Jay-Z had together because Chester has such a distinct like style to him and, and obviously Mike Shinoda has the the rock and rap you know too so it just blended well together I got into Linkin Park because of the trans hey man doesn't matter when you got on board the fact is you appreciate yeah. the sound of Linkin Park exactly their 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 song in Transformers was fucking fantastic like, it made the movie, to me, so much better. And so, I did mean, I meant Encore, not Numb. I got Numb on my brain. Um, well, Numb, Numb Encore was the name of the song. It was Numb Encore for the mashup. So, right. And maybe just, I just... Uh, 99. I, love, I just love the sound, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I could get a lot... Like, I, I was telling you guys before we went live, my most listened to artist this year was Linkin Park. And we're in 2023, guys. You know, and I was yeah. listening to the 20th anniversary of Meteora. Like, Hybrid you, Theory is still my favorite. It doesn't matter. It's the first album that really made me love them, and it's still my favorite. I have both Funko Pop cover Funkos. So I first got, I actually got into them when they were making the transition from being called Hybrid Theory to Linkin Park, and they came out with like a little B-side record, like um, they had like my December on there. They they had like a bunch of tracks that you don't hear on the normal studio albums. I got so around ninety, not actually it was like ninety eight, ninety nine is when I got into them, and that was when I first got into rock and metal music. My very first album I ever owned was Disturbed's first record. That was my first record ever owned by any metal band, rock band, anything. My second record was Hybrid Theory. And I've actually had the pleasure of seeing them live three times on their Project Revolution tour. I seen them in 2004, and the main stage consisted of Snoop Dogg, Korn, uh, Less Than Jake, The Used... And I'll tell you what, that was such an amazing night. Just everything that happened that that whole day was just awesome. And seeing them for the first time and just seeing them do like on the, on the mashup, like um, not, not in the mashup, the reanimation album that came out Yeah, for one step closer, Jonathan Taylor is actually on that track. And One Step Closer was the last song to play that night, and Jonathan Taylor came out for that. And it was so, so awesome. Fast forward to 20, uh, 2007. Um, that was probably, out of the three tours, probably my least favorite. Because um, My Chemical Romance really stole that tour. Was really, which really well, MCR sucked. really kind of burst onto the scene around there and just kind of took over that scene for quite a while. Well, I I actually seen MCR when they first started in 2003. That was my second time seeing them. 
Um, but they they like stole that tour. You ask anybody who went to see that tour, and they <coughs> would tell you 90, 99 out of 100 people would tell you My Chemical Romance stole that tour. You know what? You know what? One thing that, like, I know Sean's kind of really missing out on the conversation here, but um, the one thing, I, and I and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but the one thing I'm sad we never got because we got it with Seether. Yeah. But I would have really loved to have a Lincoln Park Evanescence mashups. Amy Lee and Chester would have killed any track they laid down. Fuck yes. I can, I honestly, I can agree with that. I think they would have. Um, but if you like, if you look at the timing, Lincoln Park, they just kept going strong. Evanescence, they took a long, long break. Right. They did. After, after they dropped, I think their third record, they took a really, yeah, they really disappeared for quite a while. Well, I, I think it was more so Amy Lee. I believe Amy Lee, she kicked into like motherhood mode. I believe she came a, became a mom. Yeah, I think, that. yeah, I think she hit that around 27 so, to, yeah. So, yeah. And you got to think, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, I mean, they got their hybrid theory record was the record that really kicked them in the gear. But when they dropped their Meteora record, you knew, you knew we had something special going forward after that meteor record like people were like oh they're not going to be able to duplicate hybrid theory okay well i'm going to say this as as a long-lasting lincoln park fan that i am if i had to choose between hybrid theory and meteor meteora and i'll say it right here today meteora all day i'm taking hybrid but that's but that's the beauty of it they're both all-time records like it doesn't matter oh yeah there's no one two with that they're interchangeable if I if I can finish real real quick, guys, I'm sorry for kind of taking over here. But 2008, I went to their Project Rev tour. I've had the huge pleasure of not only seeing Lincoln Park again. Obviously, it's their tour, but Chris Cornell as well. Yeah, that, and this was the awesome. That's thing. big. When just, Chris just Cornell, rub it in, Mike. Why don't you? Just when Chris Cornell did the song "Hunger Strike," Chester came out for "Hunger Strike," and you can find videos of this on YouTube. Like, if you go on YouTube, you can find videos of them doing Hunger Strike together. And then when Lincoln Park did Crawling, Ch- uh, Chris came out and did Crawling with Lincoln Park. That's, well, that's crazy. I mean, like, I, I know there's, we got some subject matters to cover. There's a nice docket that Mr. Nate is so nice to do for us. But, like, we're having a conversation. So I'm enjoying this. I've been able, I've been lucky enough to see, and me and you've had this conversation. I've been lucky enough to see them over 10 times myself. You know, seeing our festivals, their own shows, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was very fortunate enough a couple of years ago, friends of mine knew how big of a Lincoln Park fan I am. Like, I am a huge fan. And I got a birthday gift. And it was an entire picture of the band signed by all of them. And that's hard to get because either it's either Chester's signing or Mike's signing, but to have the complete band, not many people have it. it came with letter of authenticity, everything. And like it, it proudly hangs. And both of you have seen my wrestling collection. It proudly hangs. I don't, there's not a spot. I always leave a spot just for that picture because it means so much to me. You know, it would be awesome. You know, it would be really awesome, like surrounding that picture. If you got the vinyls and put the covers hung up. Oh, yeah. I got it. I got to find those. Like I said, I have the Funko Pop covers. 
but they did, which is awesome. I as soon as they dropped, I bought them. I didn't even give a shit. I didn't think twice. I seen it. It was mine. It was one of those impulse. I'm doing it because it's it's them. I I pulled a fast one on people. It was really funny. I went to uh I went to Florida in 2004 to Disney, and uh, if you guys have been to Florida, they have a bunch of flea markets there, um like in the Orlando Kissimmee area, and this one flea market area they were making T-shirts. And uh, what you did, and this was like the start of being able to put yourself in pictures with famous people. And I put myself in a picture with Lincoln Park and I was literally hiding with them. And people thought I actually met the band in Florida. Like I got a shirt made up in a picture and I was telling people like, yeah, I met the band down in Florida. (laughs) I had people going for a while and then I was like, no, this is fake. guys." like, I wouldn't like, yeah. Before we actually get into the subject matter, Sean, you said you got into them around the Jay Z era. Uh, yeah. So we're going back twenty years minimum here. Yep. And I know Mike and myself, we listen to them a lot, even to this day. Where do you have Lincoln Park when you're listening to your everyday music? Oh, one. Like obviously, like my main genre is obviously rap music and. But when I am in the gym and I'm feeling like, you know, I don't feel like, you know, listening to rap right now and I need a really good pump and like uh, whatever, I'll put on Linkin Park, I'll put on uh, Trapped and stuff like that. So for me, uh, pumping out like when I'm like bench pressing or something and I'm listening to Encore, Numb or um, whatever, it'll just give me the blood flowing is like... Um, this is a type of you know rock where it's like it either like can lift you up and motivate you or like he has obviously has his songs where it's like hits you in the fields. Yeah. So for me, it's mostly like it's it's my gym playlist. It's um when I'm like playing Fortnite sometimes with Mikey and Sammy and them and like. Just want to like feel like you know get in the mode for like you know eliminating people in Fortnite. I play some Linkin Park, or I play you know if I if I don't feel in the mood for like fucking Tech Nine or Eminem or Snoop Dogg or something. Every playlist that I've made from the time I was ten years old to this day, Numb and In the End are both on it consistently. Those are the two songs. I know they're the most. I listen to the other stuff as well, like the not so known and popular stuff. But those are the two songs I have to have on. They're the staple in my playlists. Another quick fact before I let you go back into this mic, so we can get into the subjects. Hmm? A lot of people forget that Lincoln Park did shit with Buster Rhymes. Oh, dude! A lot of people forget that. I need to check that out, dude. So there's a song they did, and I know Mike because you're a big football fan. They took it on it. It's that song. We took it on the road. It's called "We Made It." We made it. Thank you. I didn't remember because it it's not one I listen to often, but I remember them doing that. And when I was playing football in high school, and and even when I was playing hockey, that was one of my go-to songs when we're on the buses to games. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, that's another thing that I can actually be happy about too is. Buster Rhymes was on the 2008 
Project Rev tour, and I seen them perform that song too. And dude, it was just freaking. It's amazing. one of their lesser known, but one of their bangers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I remember I remember when that song first came out. Uh, <laughs> I would spend like hours listening to that song just to get Mike's rap part down. Yeah, Mike was Mike's on another level when it comes to that. And I'm sure we'll dive into that as we go. Oh, yeah. Him alone, Mike Shinoda, his album that he did just carried a whole fucking summer for me, too, like back in the day. Like him, but him and, and Chester just are a perfect mix together. Like Mike, Mike Shinoda is a fucking genius. And what was it? He, he recently just dropped that new song with like Unreleased with Chester. Uh-huh. The new Lincoln yeah, there's Park. There's a bunch which, coming out, man. I'm excited. Right, exactly. I had to download it as soon as it got released. Like, I, I know we're really getting off the track here, but like, <laughs> I'm okay with it because we're talking Chester, we're talking Lincoln Park. I'm excited to see what Lincoln Park does because I believe in my heart of hearts that Mike and the band, they're not going to replace Chester like Queen did with no. with Adam Lambert and taking over. They're not going to do that. They're going to leave it to stand the test of time. If they have tracks that need to be remastered, they'll probably drop those. They'll probably just keep doing these anniversary albums, which I'm cool with. Nobody, and I mean this from the deepest part of my heart, nobody will ever replicate Chester when it comes to Lincoln Park. So I did come across a little rumor thing the other day. Again, and as I always say, I don't always believe rumor things unless it's fully verified or anything like that. But I came across a rumor thing that they were starting to finally decide to go into the studio and write another record without replacing Chester. It's going to be all the original members and nobody, nobody is replacing Chester at all. So they're basically, as far as I read, they were going to be doing, doing a record with just Mike at vocals. Now, again, I don't know if this, uh, this is officially verified or if this is true or anything like that, but it's what I read, and I was I got super stoked about this. I was like, I really hope this is true. I, I don't really want this to come to fruition, but all three of us would be stupid if we didn't say, you know, AI is a thing now. Yeah. And they only need a sample of that voice. Yeah. And Mike could sing and do what he needs to do to get that AI going. Yeah. And it'd all be Chester. So so real quick, I seen I seen Avenge Sevenfold back in 2013. Oh, they're coming to Toronto soon. I'm trying to go. Dude, if you if you go, if I can, I'm going. I'm telling like, I'm you, see them because when they played uh, in 2013, I went to the Mayhem Festival and Avenged Sevenfold was the headliner. And we all know Rev, the original drummer, passed away a few years earlier, uh, yeah. right right before the Nightmare album came. Or, yeah, it was right before the Nightmare album came out. Anyways, he did back vocals on their song "Almost Easy." When they played that live. Nobody did his vocals. They played a backtrack of him. Right. So they can very simply do that too, is just play a backtrack of Chester. The crowd's going to join in. That's well, something like, like never that tribute show. The crowd took over for Chester in every aspect of it. Exactly. So. Yeah, as of April, but we, we shall see. All right. Now we have some subject matters to cover. So, Mike, please. Yes. So, subject matter number one. Um, so we just um, number one. 
as we discuss here, our favorite aspects of Chester Bennington's career, his music, his vocals, and etc. So what are some aspects of Chester's music, vocals, or others? Sean, I'll let you kick this off because you've been, me and Mike have just been yammering on, so. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, man. It's just his, his voice, as much as he puts into it, it's it's never like, you never feel off of his, his songs and stuff. You feel like it's always on par. It's always like passion and like you can hear like the pain in his voice sometimes, I want to say. Like it, it, it's, it sucks to say, but like when he has those heartfelt songs, you can hear the pain from the depression we talked about earlier. And, and it's what... You know, he put his all into the songwriting, you can tell. Um, mixed in with, you know, obviously how good the band was to keep up with Chester. It's just, you can't, you can't really find anything that, that much, with that much chemistry. Like, no, you, you exactly. But in the time we're listening to this music, remember, Right now, I'm trying to go back to when he's still on this earth with us making albums. You you didn't hear the pain, but you felt every emotion. Now you listen to it and you feel that pain yeah. that he was going through. He is arguably... Um, sorry, I was trying to thought there. He is arguably one of the once-in-a-lifetime voices that you get in the music industry. Now we can say that for a lot of artists, but like in that specific genre of what Linkin Park was doing, because you got to keep thinking, they, every album was different. They're trying to keep up with the times. Yeah. And you can hear that in their album. The album they dropped in 07, I wasn't a big fan of because I felt like they were trying to be EDM techno. And I just wasn't my thing, but I still listened to it every second of those albums but when Chester like I said and I alluded to this before he got me through some tough times in my personal life you know I lost my dad when I was 14 his music was there for me I was able to build myself up and feel stronger about myself when I wasn't at that mental capacity Linkin Park has been there through breakups Linkin Park has been there through the ups the downs everything my spirit animal when it comes to music is Linkin Park. And it is Chester Bennington. That is the voice of my childhood. Yeah, when I... Uh, I'll say this. In 2017, July of 2017, is when we lost him. And uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in Florida on vacation with my family. We were out to eat, getting ready to hit the road to come home because we drove. We did the 18-hour trip driving, and uh, we were in a restaurant. And uh, normally when I mention how I found out, people laugh at me, and it's fine. I was coming out of the bathroom, and I was crying. And everybody at the table was like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't even get words out. And what's crazy is before I went to the bathroom, me and my daughter were talking about, because she was just getting into Lincoln Park, just getting into it. We were talking about, hey, they're going on tour this summer with Blink-182 Machine Gun Kelly. We should go. I literally just said that to her. 
I go to the bathroom. I look on my phone. I come back out and I'm like, we can't go to that tour. Chester passed away. Just found out. Like it just like the timing was crazy. Yeah. But man, I lost my train of thought. Now holy shit. But anyways, um, but just finding out, you know, in July, it it, yeah, it, hit, it, hit, me, it hit me super hard. I'll I'll say this. I listen to them. I listen to them a couple times a year. I mean, obviously, as we move forward with music, you know, new bands come out, you know, and some bands that are older you fall into and some bands you listen to, you know, come out with new stuff. So you get stuck on that. You know, for example, Motionless and White came out with a record about a year ago. I'm still stuck on that. Ice Nine Kills, you know, stuff like that. Um. But I always make sure to to listen to Lincoln Park. If I had to pick one, one of many aspects that that you know of Chester's career that really inspired me, not only his voice, but his musicianship. Like a lot of people didn't know that he played other instruments than other than being vocalist. Like he was a guitarist. He played guitar, played bass. He knew how to sit behind a drum set and play drums. You know, so his uniqueness of being a musician and not only just a vocalist. And even um, when it comes to vocals, sorry, Sean. Um, even when it comes to vocals, Chester has that range that is scary. Yeah. Because he could hold, like, I don't remember what song it is, but he held a note for, like, almost a minute and a half. And, like, you're Give like, how? Give it up. Right, like he's just holding it, and you're like, "How?" Then he goes into the screamo style. I say it like that. I know that's not what it's called, but he goes into that screamo style, and you're like, "What the?" F-? And then he goes back to like he's like a Christian band singer. Like, th- there's one song where his range changes like five or six times, and you're like, "It can't be the same person," but it is. Sean's over there laughing because he's looking up porn. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just listening to you. Just, yeah, I just agree. It's um, for me, like obviously we have our wrestlers that affect our, us when they die. Our actors, obviously, but musicians, like three that really affected me. You know, was Michael Jackson. Uh, even though, like, he was. Even though Lincoln Park wasn't on my the top of my playlist when I was younger, and I still listen to him. It was just that Chester was such a you know influential person and in the music industry and and then him you know passing away really affected me and then out of DMX recently. Mm-hmm. Um so you feel it when they pass away and it and it sucks because you're like fuck dude like for me like what I do when musicians pass away is I instantly go and, and play a, a, their albums and stuff and just sit back for the day and just listen and reminisce. Like, I'm off topic, yeah. kind of, but best vocalist I've heard was Lane St- Staley? Stanley? Okay. And, and for me, I'm the person that's like recently now that's taking over like that's speaking to me, like that's taking over from what uh, 
Chester did and, and many others is is Jelly Roll. With all the shit that Jelly Roll sings about. So you know. Yeah, in the chat we got um we just got this comment real quick off the top of the best vocalist her Lane Staley. Lane Staley was the vocalist of uh Allison Chains. Oh, okay, okay. I I like I know Allison Chains, I just don't know. I'm not familiar with the individual names. Oh I mean like, like we said I didn't like, know that was his name. Like, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, my my two. I mean, obviously, Chester's Chester hit me hard because of being that vocal aspect of of being like the inspiration and everything. Same thing, like Sean just said. Like we have those those actors, actresses, wrestlers, musicians that hit us hard. Joey Jordanson hit me hard. He was one of my inspirations when it came to drumming. So when he went, it was like this hit me. Not at the same level as Chester because I was more deeper in with Lincoln Park than I was Slipknot, and I had the pleasure of seeing Lincoln Park. I have not gotten to see Slipknot yet, but I, I, I know you'll appreciate this. But another one that hit me hard, but not as hard as Chester, Dimebag. Yeah, that, that was hard. that was that was that was though that was a freak like that was. But you know what I mean? It's one of those things that hit hard, but yeah. That was just a really sad situation of its own. And I'll say this that that situation really inspired venues to make sure that there is very tight security at shows. I went to I went to a show on Saturday night, just this past Saturday, and a band that's inspired by Lincoln Park from Ashes to New was the headliner. And literally, you went you went through regular security where they pat you down, and then ticket scanning security. They scan your ticket and check you again. Two forms of security to go into the show. It's unfortunate that we've got to that point where we can't even go and enjoy a show because of stupidity. But yeah. that's a different topic. Yeah. yeah. All right. What, what yeah. do we got next, sir? So our next one here is... Uh, how did Chester Bennington's death impact you and what he meant to you as a fan? Okay. I'll start this one unless you want to, Mike. But uh, like I said, and I said this before a few minutes prior here, he got me through my dad dying. He got me through breakups and stuff like that. Very instrumental throughout my teenage years during my, you know, my shitty lifestyles and all that. And I still, to this day, am very inspired by Chester. Knowing full well he's not around anymore. But just listening, like, now with him passing, you listen to certain songs and you hear the message he's trying to relay. Yeah. And it still sits with me to this day. As of, like... Like you said, you came out of a bathroom. I was driving at the time, and I believe my sister was with me at the time. And she read it, I think it was Twitter or Facebook, whatever it was. I had to pull over for a minute and be like, no, that's not true. Because I just, like you, like I just found out there's a tour coming and all this. They weren't coming to Canada, but like it was, all this information was dropping. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be, a, we're going to get some new music soon. So I pulled over and all that. And it hit me hard where I, my, I was taking my sister to work and she had to be there in like 10 minutes. 
she ended up going in late because I just couldn't bring myself to move. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, um, I mean, obviously I've made it pretty clear that, you know, being a musician myself, well, former musician myself, you know, his vocals were an inspiration to me, but his death impacted me to the point where, and I'm very open about this now, but beforehand I wasn't a very open person about my mental health. Like now people know my depression about my depression and my anxiety and, and what I go through on a daily basis, not just a weekly, not just, you know, it's, it's a daily basis. Like I have my days where I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to lay with my dogs. I have my days where I don't want to leave my room. And I have my days where I don't want to leave my house, you know, and some people it took it, it took to really study their music after his passing to know what he was writing about. Where me with what I was going through, I knew what he was writing about. Like I I I seen it. It was just hard for me at the time to say, hey, this is why I relate to their music so much. Now, his passing really helped me be comfortable talking about and opening up about things that, you know, I'm going through mentally. Even if I have a bad day. And, and I say this, like, I appreciate the people that listen to me, even if they're not listening. I just appreciate the ear. Even if, even if, even if people don't care about what I'm saying, you're still listening. To me, you're listening, and that's all. That's all I need. It's just to get it off my chest for one minute, and it's helpful. And that's why I I try to help. Like I try to help other people and encourage them to not be afraid to talk. That's why when I hear people that I'm close to, people that I care about, people that I love. When I hear they're going through things, I always say, my ears are always open. Don't be afraid to hit me up. Call me. Text me. If you're in driving distance and you need to talk in person, come talk to me. Don't be afraid. Because we all we all we all need just open ears to talk to. And yeah, that's, that's impacted me. Yeah, mental health is no joke. And Sean, before you go, I just I just want to, like, chat. Like, I don't know if Joe is in here. Like, he's a good friend of mine. Recently reconnected with him. Me and him developed a friendship based around the world of hockey. But we also had a common interest in Lincoln Park. And I remember me and him going back and forth. Like, this isn't true. This isn't true. Like, and it was crazy. And then later that year, in 2017, I finally opened up about my own. Like, you. I finally opened up about my own problems. Like, I held back a lot. And this is not, I'm not going to get too deep into it because it's not the time for it. But like, I opened up more than most people were willing to, you know. What's up, Joe? You know what I mean? So I get where you're coming from on that. And mental health is something that Chester, for our generation, opened that door to in passing, unfortunately. But, you know. The one, the one thing I, I will say, and I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. I just want to kind of get this out real quick. The one thing I do have to say is 
is for people that don't understand it and don't, you know, yeah, I guess the word would be understand. And for the people that, that aren't educated on the full lengths and impact of mental health, by all means, I don't hold anything against people that don't understand it and aren't educated. But take the time. Because you never know if you have a friend who's sitting right next to you that might need you to talk. Just need need you to have that open ear. Just for them to talk about anything that's on their mind. So I, I try to encourage... That's the one thing I would encourage is the people that aren't educated educate a little bit because it is a very serious matter and we still have a lot of people out there that are not educated and think it's it's a joke. Sorry, Sean. We got off a little deep topic there. Yeah, for me, uh, when I found out, I was actually in college, I was doing college radio courses where I'd have to make radio shows every um, week, every every college class I was in, I'd have to make a radio show. And I found out I had a, I had a planned show already for music because that's what I was doing. I was doing music shows. And I scrapped it. I scrapped all of it. And I was like, this is going to be a, a Chester Bennington Lincoln Park show. We're going to do nothing about Lincoln Park. I'm going to talk about Chester. And it was actually one of our, you know, best shows that we've done. And um, for me, uh, like you said, mental health, like, I was not open back then, really. I just, and even now, more than ever since mom passed away, I've been a lot worse, but I've been talking about it. I've been talking to people about it. I've been talking to close friends and family and, like, I've been, I've, like I mean, said to people, like, I've, I've uh, somehow garnered um, insomnia now. Like, I don't go to sleep till like five in the morning. I, and then I, then I end up sleeping all day. This is today has been the first time since I think Monday I've been out of my house. And, uh, and but Chester has, you know, it always helps me when I put them on. So, and like you said, you have, you know, you deal with your depression in your way. Unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, depression is just people moping around, sad. No, no, we can be very high functioning people, but there is a lot of signs to it. Like Sean just alluded to, that he sleeps all day. That's not good for your rhythm, your rhythm in your body. It it does mess with your depression even more. Mm-hmm. And, and you're let not me getting ask, outside. You're not seeing the sun. You're not up. That's why they say, like, when you're dealing with depression, just kind of do one task at a time. Like, make your bed, and suddenly your brain's feeling a little bit better. You know, it's not the answer, but it just helps. When I'm manic and I get shit done, and then I start to feel, okay, I I did something, but I was manic, but it still made me feel better than laying in bed all day. Uh, I, I will say this. Um, Monday was my bad day, like a really, really bad day for me. I laid around, I slept with my dogs all day. I got up, I did things like if I had to use a bathroom, I did that. I took my dogs out. You know, I went outside for a few minutes, but after that, I would come right back inside, lay down, 
And if I fell asleep, I fell asleep. It was just my bad, a really bad day for me. But, and, and Tuesday, I would have done the same thing if I didn't have to force myself to go to work. I try and find things, and, and I say this, at, at my age of 37 years old, I know I should be a lively person. I know I should be, you know, out and about doing things, you know, all that stuff. But it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. You know, you got to sometimes try and find things. I always say there's not many things that get me excited anymore. But ever since being a part of this has lit a flare under me. It's, it's lit a fire under me. And I got, I'm, I'm excited about something again. I'm excited to be a part of things like this where we can sit and talk about, you know, careers of, of artists, wrestlers, anything that we talk about. I'm excited to, to be on Sunday mornings talking football. I'm excited to be on Sunday nights talking wrestling. I'm excited to be on trivia nights. I'm ex- that gets me excited. For a long time, though, I didn't have anything that got me excited. Right. Like, even if it's something as small as, like, getting up and taking a shower for the day, you got to say, okay, I'm proud of myself. I, I got up and at least took a shower, you know? Not uh, stink for – have a day stink or whatever. Because even though – if you don't, it's, it's completely fine. We totally understand. But, like, be proud of yourself for the small things you do yep. in the, your depressive state. Like, for me, I always feel better after – a shower no matter what. And then I go and talk to our friends and play Fortnite with them or whatever. And then and ignore shadow. <laughs> and, well, and, and then like Mike says, I, I get excited for podcasts. I'm like, get up do our podcast. Uh, next week, I'm going to be sponsoring a wrestling match. I'm going to send the payment tomorrow and I'm be sponsoring a wrestling match with one of my friends in the main event, which is awesome. So while we're on the subject of the mental health, before we go into the next subject matter, I've been burnt out lately mentally and it's by no fault of Sean or Will or Scowls or Mike or anybody. I'm every time around this time of year, the last, this will be year six. And then January will be year 18 like it's a very two hard months for me my grandma passed away at the beginning of december in 17 and my dad passed away at the end of january in 05 or excuse me 06 so between december and january i kind of go into a weird somber and it's nothing of anybody i know it's coming i feel it coming and i always try to warn people so if i ever seem off with you guys who was watching or you guys within the company ourselves it's not you. It's I'm just dismissive of everything. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas is coming up. I could give a fuck. Like I don't care. I do it, it for my kids. Yeah, it's okay to feel like that because this year, especially with Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago and Christmas going up, I just obviously I don't give a fuck because I lost. You're you're in the mental state of all the firsts right now, which is going to yeah. be extremely hard. Right. Yeah. You know. My 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 uh my whole just holiday careness alone went away back in twenty seventeen. When, when it came to Christmas, it was my dad and my grandma's favorite time of year. Yeah. You know, and they're both gone. 
And to me, that that's why it doesn't mean anything to me. And this is getting a little personal, which I don't typically do. Um, my daughter. I don't know why or how or I don't understand it. And I don't try to because I just love it. But the mannerism she carries, certain looks she does, certain ways she says things. It just takes me to a place where my nan is alive and talking to me. But it's my daughter. Yeah. You know, like little little ambiances that she does, just it messes with me. Because, like, I have a bear that has my grandmother's voice in it that was gifted to me by my wife a couple years ago. Yeah. Keep in mind, my daughter has never met my grandmother. Because my grandmother passed two years or a year, a month before my daughter was born. And she heard that. She goes, oh, that's Gigi. And I'm like, and my boys don't talk about her. Mm-hmm. I don't typically speak much about her because I don't. It's just the way I am. Yeah. And it threw me. It literally threw me that she knew my grandmother's voice. But they, I don't, they, I'm going to end up getting emotional. So. I, I will say this one real quick. They do say that um, kids, when they are younger, they uh and this kind of goes in the realm of belief and disbelief you know whether you believe in this or not but kids when they're younger their senses are very heightened and they also are able to sense things that you know if you believe in the spirit realm and stuff that they can sense spirits that are present i'm very much in belief that my daughter my daughter's soul if you will is my grandmother could very well be. Just, just too many coincidences for my liking. Could very well be. Uh, <laughs> move on to the next subject, sir. Yes, please. So, next thing is, is what are some of your favorite Lincoln Park songs? I have to bring up my playlist, but you two kick it off. So, um, yeah. So, I actually do have a top five Lincoln Park. Like a top five all time favorite Linkin Park songs. Um, my number five, believe it or not, a lot of people are like, "How's this on your on your list?" Because it's a very odd song. It's not a mainstream song. It's not a song you heard on any top 20, 40, 50, anything. But the song "Castle of Glass." Ooh. My number five, I love that song. Love it. Number four is definitely Crawling. My number three is Somewhere I Belong. That's a good one. Yep. My number two is, my number one and my number two are actually on the last record that came out. Uh, My number two is Heavy. And my number one is One More Light. Every time I hear the song One More Light, I can't get even halfway through that song without crying. I literally start crying. Right. Last time, the last time I heard that song in its entirety was the week that Chester passed away. I heard it in its entirety. Ever since then, I try listening to it. I've not been able to. So it's just <laughs> that it's been five. It's been. Seven years. No, no, six years. 
six years. It'll be seven years this July. But that one song, that song that's my number one, I couldn't listen to. Um, I'm with you, Mike. I have a list. Um, most of it's like, I get it. It's mostly the your their main popular songs, but New Divide, um, What I've Done, uh, obviously Encore, Numb, and then Faint, especially Faint. Um, I listened to recently when I was really depressed and that where he goes, um, tell me I'm fine. Tell me, I, I just wish somebody would tell me I'm fine. You know, um, like, cause I just, I sometimes I get in the headspace. I just wish someone would tell me I'm fine. Like, and I, I, and I'm feeling like, no, I'm not, you know, um, I recently used a cap cut on TikTok with that. I, as you might, as you guys probably seen where, where that lyric was in there. And um, that's another thing where Tester speaks to a lot of us. Um, but the rest I, I get is more, you know, popular songs. So there's, and I get it. But those are just some of my all-time favorite songs that I always listen to. You know. Yeah. In my list, I mean, I'm going to give you six. I have Final Masquerade, My December, because it just hits. Uh, no more sorrow. What I've done in the end and numb. An honorable mention is always crawling. Because anytime I listen to crawling, my skin literally goosebumps. Doesn't matter. Like it's all my songs from Lincoln Park, those are just a few that I've named, but they're all interchangeable. <clears throat> and if you guys Arlington Park fans on the mainstream of it, that's fine. Go to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you use. Listen to some of their less popular songs, and you can really feel a lot of the emotion. Yeah. No, you definitely can. I mean, like I said, One More Light was definitely that song that that hit me the hardest. The hardest. Um, because it's almost it was almost like that you listen to that song and it was almost like that final letter you know what I mean like if you really pay attention and, and look at the lyrics of that song it's almost like a final letter you know and I think that's what hits me the hardest with that you know so yeah, um, that's definitely a. I left those two off because obviously recency's biased. Unfortunately, it's a recency. But for your reasons too, there's just it hits, and I'm not ready to accept all those emotions. Yeah, I feel like, in a way, heavy and one more light are more of a eulogy to Chester than they are anything. There was one song that that uh I wish I can think of it. I'm trying to kind of pull it up here. Cuz uh there was one song that they did on their B-side that uh that I really loved and they used to play it early in the early days. So, I'm trying to find the name of it and if I could 
That'd be great. Um, Sean, I know you referenced faint. That's a good one too. High voltage. Oh, high vol. I've I've heard it a couple of times. It's high volt. How vo- high voltage was? Uh, if you the first time I ever heard high voltage, and this is the funny thing is, uh, the um channel HBO they used to do like these concert series and uh, they used to take three bands or three artists and you would see like bits and pieces from their concerts and, and you could find this on, on YouTube again another thing you can find on YouTube Lincoln Park did their very it was during their very first European tour and they were over in London I think at the O2 and uh, the first time I ever heard that song was actually on on that because like i said i listened to lincoln park in their early days that was one song that was actually a b-side to one uh one step closer so they wrote that song after the hyper theory record um but just seeing like sixty thousand people pit into this song i was like oh my god and there's two versions of the song but this the original is just freaking amazing amazing and uh that's that that day I watching that I actually got introduced to two bands, two bands that are very well known. Tantric, never heard of Tantric until then, and I got introduced to Stained. Stained man, Stained hits yeah. hard too. Like that slaps man. That I is... actually got introduced to Stained that night that I watched that. Which is yeah, crazy. but when you mentioned Stained, there's only one song that ever really comes to mind, and it's been a while. I actually, uh, side note, I actually got to see Aaron Lewis do an acoustic set back in 2007, the night before I went to Lincoln Park's 07 Project Rev show, okay? And I actually got to meet Aaron Lewis that day. Oh, shit. So, I will say this, anybody that gets the opportunity to meet Aaron Lewis, a very cool, laid-back dude, super nice, just does not like to take pictures. He'll do them, He'll do them but he doesn't like taking them. I told him to flip off my camera. That's fine. He was he was super super cool about it. Uh, next subject: uh, Lincoln Park will be eligible to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2025. I, I'm I'm sure we all got the answer on this one. Do you think they deserve to be inducted? Yes. I think the answer overwhelmingly is yes, and they should be a first ballot. Like, it's going to be one and done. Like, they're not going to have to go 2025 and they're not there yet. They're going to be, as soon as they're eligible, they're going in. Yes. Like, it's not one of those things of, and if, where, it's first ballot, you're going. Like, and if it doesn't happen, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier in this episode, Linkin Park, their first two major albums stand the test of time. Yeah. Because anybody that's even just getting introduced to music and you show them Linkin Park, it's always, it hits. And then they get into different genres because of Linkin Park. Like some people have gone into EDM because of Linkin Park. Some people have gone into rock. Some people have gone into rap. Like it doesn't matter. Linkin Park is the gateway, in my opinion, to a lot of other genres. I mean, I honestly, I'll say this. My answer is yes. Not only because of being a fan of them, But you got to look at the things outside of just their music and what they did. 
Look at yeah. the impact they've had on the music industry. And look, and, and I guarantee you go to any artist today. You take 10 artists and line them up. Nine of those artists are going to tell you that Lincoln Park inspired them. Wait, Chester passed. How many artists? I didn't mean to cut you off. How many artists from different genres would play yeah. their songs that night? Oh, I, I, uh, when, uh, it was in 2000, 2018. Um, I went to go see Motionless and White, and they were on tour with, uh, it was my first night and first time seeing Ice Nine Kills that night. My first time seeing, um, Oh God, I forget what other bands were on that tour. But anyways, um, they actually did a cover of One Step Closer. And uh, I also, I mean, you got the, look at that, Motionless and White. Chris, he was inspired by Chester. The band From Ashes to New. From Ashes to New, you listen to them. And I'm not saying they sound like a Linkin Park, but they have a similarity to Lincoln Park because they do the rock and hip hop thing. I don't like referencing this a lot when we're on our network doing this, but there's mm -hmm. a guy and if I find it, I'll send it to you. There's a guy on TikTok, which again, I don't like mentioning TikTok on this platform, but there's a guy on TikTok that covers a lot of Chester's vocals. He's nowhere. I wouldn't say he's Chester level, but he's really good. I mean, you you have a lot of even upcoming musicians that sound like musicians that are out there. That that's the thing is is a lot of newer musicians they try to range their voice to a certain thing, even if they're being inspired by somebody. They'll range their voices to a certain thing. So, for example, I mean, you take bands like Slaughter Prevail, and um, I'm trying to think of the other band. Um, and they've been very big on social media as of late. But, like, you can tell the vocalist from this other band that I'm trying to think of, he's trying to range himself to Alex the Terrible, but he can't get to that point, but he gets close to it. I can't. I, I, don't, know what the, I don't know what this comparable would be off the top of my head. <laughs> Sit off the top. Um, Escape the Fate. They have a really good sound, too. Where they're not yelling at you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's another person, Ron, Ronnie Radke. He had huge cool. inspiration from, from. I love Ronnie. When when he first started Escape the Fate, I mean, he was only with them for one album before I, he, you know, it, left it, and had to take care of his business, and then got done with his business and formed Falling in Reverse. But, as much hate as Ronnie gets, he's fucking an amazing artist like oh yeah highly agree the range the range he has the fucking type of way he can switch up from doing like chopper shit with his rap mm -hmm. to rock to screamo to emo to whatever the fuck is called i'm sorry like i'm not used to screamo whatever the hell it's called you know metal whatever he can do it all like to me and that's oh. just it's it's funny how you say you're not used to the screamo thing because I'm still at 32 years old. I still listen to a lot of that screamo stuff that I listened to as a teenager, and I'll be playing it in the car, and the kids are like, "What the fuck is this shit?" 
Yep. I'm like, this is my shit. <laughs> like, and they'll, they'll be like, well, let me put on. So I give them the ox cord. No disrespect to anybody, but Juice World is not that good. It's it's not. To me, rap is rap is trash now. Like, it's not rap anymore. It's it is what it is. Like, like kind of kind of piggybacking off what Sean said, like with Ronnie Racky, I seen falling in reverse over the summertime on their tour with Ice Nine Slaughter to Prevail and Catch Your Breath, and to this day. I will say this to this day, I still cannot figure out why that show felt so fucking special. There was just something about that show that made me leave and say there was just something special about this show. It's one of those you had to be there moments. Yes. That's yes. how it is. Yes. And I I don't want to say I that like just even saying that and accepting that as an answer does not give me that satisfaction of the like whole figuring out why this show was special because I'm still sitting here trying to think, why the fuck was this show so special? Right. And you'll never get that answer because something in your body vibrated differently to it. And that's just how it went. Yeah. I mean, and, and, there's, and there's other artists, like, like we're speaking about other artists that were inspired by Chester. You know, Ronnie Racky with that. And I just said that about falling reverse. Like I said a few moments ago, Chris Motionless from Motionless and White. I will say this every time I leave a Motionless and White show, I always say I need to see them again. I've seen Motionless and White nine times. The band I've seen the most was Breaking Benjamin at 10. I'm one away of Motionless and White from tying Breaking Benjamin. That's why, that's why Motionless and White, I always say. Anytime they come around again, I need to see them. I need to go see them. I don't care who they're touring with. They're the headliner. But I'm, I'm going. Because they are that band that I need to see again. Right. I mean, you know, just like like me and you have had discussions, like we, oh, well, we missed out on, and I'm throwing this to wrestling for a second. We missed out on Bray Opportunities. Oh man, I don't want I, I don't want to miss out on these opportunities anymore. If I have the means and I can go and it's mm-hmm. within my means to do so, I won't miss something like that. So if Shadow, if you don't mind, this this was not on this wasn't on the criteria, but I want to kind of can I openly ask a question? Of course. That's okay. what the show flow is about. Okay. So <clears throat> So Lincoln Park, obviously, they tested, they tested the waters by change, like not changing up their genre, but they tested by changing up their sound through each of their records. Yeah, they changed up the style. If you had to pick one band, musician, artist that throughout the years did the same thing and you felt was highly successful with it, who would it be? This is going to sound really stupid and you guys might laugh and that's fine. Yeah. But I think it's it hits what Mike's asking and that'd be Nickelback. Okay. They've definitely done it. They have. I can agree. No, I can highly agree with that. They have. Nickelback I mean, is they, like Lincoln. They've changed up a lot of their sound to kind of get with the time. Their their one record, their one record was almost like a country record. It almost had that country feel to it. And now they're kind of dipping their toes into the whole like 
adding a little bit of like the hip hop feel to their music, kind of give it a flow. Like, no, I I highly agree with that one. For me, you said it can be like any artist, any artist, band, musician. Right. I got I got two. Um, One is obviously my favorite rapper ever is Tech Nine. His beats, his flows. I mean, obviously, he still does his speed rap and everything, but he still does. He can do rock. He can do. He can do uh, EDM. He can do stuff like that. And then I want to like throw out my friend Koei Red. She can do rap. She can do country. She can do rock music, pop music, and she just she's she's just starting out. So. Imagine the brains that she has already just starting out and doing this all through TikTok and making songs and having over a million some plus streams already on Spotify and stuff like that. Um, It's amazing. Um, Obviously, Jelly Roll becoming a rapper to a a rock country artist and what he's already accomplished just switching genres. So... um, I'll, I'll say this, a lot before of before you go, Mike, and answer your question yourself. I have two more because or three more. Taylor Swift, she's changed up her style a little bit throughout her albums. Okay. Um, another one would be, and I'm gonna get my Eminem card revoked for this. I swear to God, Machine Gun Kelly. Because <laughs> as much as I don't like him, I'll give him credit. He's dipped his toes in different styles, and it's worked. Definitely. And third, and I think this one speaks volumes considering how Austin started. Post Malone. Yes. Yes. Oh, I like I like I do like Post Malone, especially with Ozzy Osbourne. That's song he has with Ozzy. And yes, I refer to him as Austin. Um to to kind of go off of what Sean was saying, um, a lot of new up and coming artists. They are dipping their toes. I mean, I come across a lot of new up and coming artists that are, you know, part of the reels that you look on Instagram, you know, TikTok, Facebook, anything. Um, a lot of these artists are dipping their toes into, you know, messing around with different genres. They'll, you know, one song will be rap, one song will be hip hop, one song will be rock, another song will have that country feel to it. A lot of new and up and coming artists are dipping their toes to kind of not only find their sound, but where they're going to be comfortable and go. Um, yeah, and and again, they're they're keeping it open to get new fans. Exactly. Um, but two two bands that I'll have to say really changed over the years um, that I've listened to um, that have changed themselves up. Number one, Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. Definitely have changed themselves up a lot. Um, and then one that kind of kept for the past 20 something years that have kept the flow of the era that we caught Lincoln Park, Papa Roach. Papa Roach. Yeah, yeah. I can agree. And and I'll say this you know, you hear a single by Papa Roach and you're kind of like, eh, you know, I got to listen to this a couple times to kind of get used to it. But then when you listen to the record that that song is on, you're just like, I fucking love this. <laughs> I fucking love this. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the comment. The Beatles, uh, Joe says. 
I mean, you could go that. Honestly, I'll say this: you can go that far back and find artists that have done it back in their time. Right. That have right. Look at Johnny Johnny Cash. So okay, pause for this conversation of Chester and all this. What you asked is Johnny Cash gospel, or is he country, or does he talk sing? Because that is the greatest debate in Johnny Cash history. Um, I honestly, I would have to say he is more along the lines of a talk singer. Okay, I think so, because when he plays his, you know, when he has music going, when he has the instrumentals going, yeah, he has vocals that match the instrumentals, but he's not toning himself to the instrumentals. Right, Sean, you have a theory on this one, because I have my answer and it. And you'll you'll understand it in a second. Oh, that's a tough one. It's an age-long question that nobody seems to right. know, like to perfection, right? So, I think it's a mixture of all three. Like, because he can do all three, but I would say like country gospel, maybe. Like, for me, oh, yeah, that's really tough. I, so. <laughs> Mine, and this is my honest take, is he's a storytelling musician. I can agree with that. There he, because, like you said, like, it kind of goes to Mike's point and it kind of goes to your point. He's not these genres. He tells a story within his music. But it's oh, not okay. in the modern... And that's why it worked. And that's why so many people loved him. Because, like, Folsom Prison, Ring of Fire, um, Jackson, like, these songs their storytelling yeah and mike you said papa roach i'm going to tell you a song right now that is mine and my wife's song and is no matter what which is not one of their most popular songs ever but that is mine and her song it fits us to a t my my, um, my favorite one of of all time from them is the one that they did with uh maria brink from in this moment Another band, and then we'll get back to Chester, that's underrated, Seether. And they've taken such a long oh. break. If you, another band, if you get the opportunity to see them live, do it. Seether's amazing. I used I used uh, Remedy for my Backyard Wrestling Days theme song. Right. I want to say uh, the one artist also that's like in the, the realm of Johnny Cash from being back in the day that switched up a lot was Elvis. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't like Elvis. I think he's a, never mind. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so, uh, our next thing is pretty much if we have any other opinions that we may have regarding Chester, including his music, personal life, death, etc. Anything else that's on your guys' mind? I'm going to say this because I know where Sean's going with this and I know where I want to go with this, but I think we should leave it on a high note tonight. Because where we can go, it could get dark really quickly. So I'd rather just keep this uplifted for now. We'll talk with Nate about doing a dark side of this kind of episode, maybe. Maybe maybe not. But Patreon exclusive, maybe. Yeah, I think that the conversation that we would have would go a little... And I'm sure, Mike, you probably feel the same way with that. Because we all have our own takes and all that given the world today. But my other opinion on Chester is, uh, other than 
the only words I have to say is thank you. Yeah, you uh, you definitely took the words out of my mouth. I mean, the, back when when he passed, you know, yeah, we had you know Facebook, Instagram, and stuff like that, and you can make your post of saying you know thank you, Chester, all that stuff. But now to physically be able to say it, say it for anybody who watches this, listens to this, to to hear me physically say it is almost like that closure moment in a sense. I don't know if it will ever have the closure moment, but it's it's just that nice little feel of a closure moment of saying, you know, thank you for what you did, not only musically, but what you did for me personally. Um, and not only personally of being a musician, but personally as in life, like helped me get through some very, very, hard times before I was comfortable with opening up about stuff that I go through on a daily basis, being comfortable with, you know, and it's something that I fight with every day is being comfortable with me. Like I fight with that every, every day I, I fight with just being comfortable being me. And by all means is like when you, when you see me, when you talk to me, you know, whether it's on the phone, through video chat, on here, anything, you're getting me. This is me. Like, I'm not being fake. I'm not putting on a facade. I'm not giving you a, a another side of me that, that, you know, you only see. You don't see. the No, you see the real me. And just everything that he was a part of that. He was a part of making me feel comfortable, even if it's for a minute. Made me feel comfortable with being me. And feel comfortable with talking about and opening up about stuff that goes on up here. Because like in the very famous video that goes around, sometimes this is not a safe place. And you have battles that go on. Being able to open up and talk about it definitely relieves that. And anybody who sits and listens to me, even if you're just the open ear, and I don't care whether you care or not, anything like that, just being that open ear and just hearing me mumble on about anything that I'm going through, I appreciate you. Thank you. And I, I can go all night. I'm sorry. And what Mike just said before Sean gives his closing thoughts, Chester once said, I want to be more like me and be less like you. Hey, how do I follow that? That was a perfect ending statement. <laughs> um, yeah, like I just want to say thank you, Chester. In the words of Chester Bennington's wife, fuck depression. Now... I'm, we're not going to do the typical outro, but I want to say this concludes this episode of Career Retrospective. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Sean, for joining me tonight as we discuss this. It's been a great pleasure. I've exposed myself a little bit more emotionally than I normally do on the shows, and you too as well. So I appreciate you being real and honest and having a great show with us. Um, I will say that in two weeks' time, before we hit the outro here, two weeks' time, we are covering 
everybody's favorite Santa Claus, Mick Foley. And that should be a great episode. You I'm get aware of Santa two Santa. weeks. And uh, Nate will be hopefully back because as much fun as this is doing it, it's weird without him. <laughs> but with that being said, thank you for tuning in to Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington's career. Have a great night.